Welcome back to Brisky Business, and we're going to continue our discussion on the balance sheet and why this is such an important piece of financial information for you to evaluate as you uh, look at different opportunities. So we concluded uh, the last segment talking about the asset section of the uh, balance sheet, and we discussed uh, uh, liquidity and that cash is the most liquid asset, and then stocks or bonds uh, is second most liquid, and the balance sheet is written in that order. And we got up to accounts receivable as a liquid asset. Typically, accounts receivable are collectible in about 30 days. What is accounts receivable? It's when you sell a product, you generate an invoice, and your customer is going to pay you uh, within 30 days' time. So fairly liquid asset. And then we, uh, we get into the next uh, asset in the current asset section, which is inventory. And inventory typically is the largest asset that most companies have. And the bigger we get as a company uh, and the more revenue we generate, obviously that uh, means we need more inventory. So that becomes a very, very big piece of the balance sheet is the amount of inventory we have. And uh, like I said, all of these can be converted to cash. What's the rule of thumb when you hear about a current asset? And what they really mean is assets that can be turned into liquidity within a year. That's what it means by current assets. All the other assets assume that you cannot turn it into cash in a year's time, and they become your long-term assets. So what are long-term assets? Land, buildings, infrastructure, machinery. They buy a new piece of equipment to help your business grow. To monetize those into cash would take more time. So they are in your long-term assets. Are they still important to the business? Of course they are. They're critical to the business. But we're talking about liquidity here. Okay, so let's move on to liabilities. Liabilities, interestingly enough, it gets really simple to understand the balance sheet, follows the same pattern as assets. So we have current liabilities and long-term liabilities, okay? And they're arranged in the order just like the assets are. Those that need to be paid more quickly are your current liabilities, and those that can be paid over a longer period of time are your long-term liabilities. And that's how the balance sheet is structured on the liability side. Uh, what would be examples of current liabilities on your financial statement as a business owner? Well, it would be your accounts payable. You bought inventory. We talked about that being a very important asset. Well, when you buy inventory, you may get terms from your supplier. And those terms are typically about 30 days. So that becomes a current liability, something that's due fairly quickly in about 30 days' time. Uh, and then there's other uh, liabilities that are due more quickly, and uh, that might be notes, notes payable. And some of you find this hard to believe because you'll see debt or notes in the current liabilities, and then you'll also see it in the uh, long-term liabilities, and how can that be? Well, the way they uh, structure the financial statements is the money that's owed for the first year is considered current liabilities, right, nearer term. And then if that note is going to continue on for years after that, then it just are the long-term portion of that note. So it actually the same note can be in both your current and long-term debt. Okay, so assets minus liabilities Assets minus liabilities plus equity, right? That's, that's a strange formula. But at the end of the day, the assets minus your liabilities equals your equity, right? Assets, obligations, what's left? Equity. Okay, now that we know where it lives, how the balance sheet works, how we can put the balance sheet to work for us, 
you need to understand four key ratios. And you should write these down and really think about them. Four ratios. So think about it. You know where to find the balance sheet right now. And you know where the important uh, pieces of that balance sheet are. And now you can build ratios to evaluate all uh, opportunities that you're looking at in a brisk buyer bail opportunity, right? We're sitting there assessing an opportunity with another company. I mean, we, we may want to assess their financial condition or we're assessing uh, acquiring a stock in a public company. And now we want to go ahead and implement these four key ratios. So what are they? The first one is known as the current ratio. The current ratio is also known as the liquidity ratio. And anyone can do this. You basically go to the balance sheet. What is the current ratio? It equals the total current assets, which I just told you where you can find it. It's on every balance sheet, divided by the total current liabilities. Okay? It's that simple. And you create that ratio. And what it really tells you is, does my business have enough assets to meet the payment schedule of my liabilities with a margin of safety? Do I have enough assets to meet my payment obligations? Probably a pretty important thing to know if you're going to invest in a company or if you're going to do business with a company. We obviously want that to be uh, over one. People laugh when I say that. Yes, you want it to be over one because if it's under one, that means your liabilities are more than your assets. So we want that ratio to be over one. And it can be 1.3 or 1.4. And obviously, the higher the number, the better. Right? If you have a two ratio, that means you have twice as many assets of liabilities, much better coverage. So how do we improve it? Let's say our, our ratio isn't strong. We could borrow short-term money. That would be a way to improve it. We could pay down debt, right? So we'd have less liabilities. That's the way. Or we could sell some of our fixed assets. Maybe we have some fixed assets that you know, we're not really utilizing and we want to convert those into cash. All those would be a way to improve that current ratio. And a high current ratio is not necessarily a good sign. Did you hear that? A high current ratio may not be a good sign because your cash is just sitting there and do nothing for you. If I see a high current ratio on a company, I better see that company paying dividends to its shareholders because they're sitting on cash and they're not utilizing it. Then we have the quick ratio is the next ratio. And the quick ratio formula is current assets minus inventory divided by current liabilities. That's the acid test ratio, generally a ratio between 0.5 and one are satisfactory. The next ratio is that I want you to look at all the time when you're evaluating a balance sheet is the working capital. Working capital equals current assets minus current liabilities. It's another liquidity indicator. In fact, all three of those first ratios are liquidity indicators. This is the current ratio, the quick ratio, and the working capital ratio. And if you just watch this show and go find a balance sheet, you'll very easily be able to determine all three of those ratios. And the final one I want you to be utilizing is debt to worth ratio, debt to worth ratio. That's total liabilities divided by the net worth, okay? That's a really, really important ratio as well. If you go ahead and assess businesses looking at these ratios, it's gonna really, really help you evaluate different businesses. Right? At the beginning of the program, we talked about the income statement. That's the one that's a little easier to assess. Then we talked about the balance sheet. Balance sheet is scary, but I think we demystified it on this program. And any one of you should be able to impress your friends and impress people that you're in business with by asking these questions about these ratios. And go ahead and look at them. Prior to this segment launching, just sitting here on my computer, I, I went and did this for Apple 
and some of the public companies we discussed last week. I went ahead and said, how long would it take me to put this together? And I was sitting here for about 10 minutes, and in 10 minutes, I was able to determine all three ratios for four different public companies that quickly. And now I could compare them in terms of their strength and how they were doing. And did they have enough liquidity? And it was, uh, it was good. And I did it for our own business as well. And those of you that have businesses, I don't care if you're public or private, really, really good practice to keep those ratios top of mind. Have them ready for you to look at. Make sure your business is healthy. And the way you do that is by looking at your balance sheet. And if your balance sheet isn't shored up the way you want your balance sheet, use some of those tips on how to do it. You have that control. You can make your balance sheet stronger. And I will tell you this, investors, they like a strong balance sheet. They like that it's less risky to invest in companies with a strong balance sheet. And it's less risky to do business with companies with strong balance sheets. We've all made the mistake of venturing into business deals with companies that just weren't strong enough to deliver what they promised. So due diligence spans both segment two, brisk buyer bail, and brisk bulls and bears, doesn't it? Knowing the balance sheet. Make that work for you. That's your tidbit. And we're going to move on off of this segment into my favorite segment. And you all know what my favorite segment is. My favorite segment is when we talk about mentorship. And in last program, last week, we talked about we were going to move on to gap moments. We we're going to talk about gap moments. And this segment is brisk, best, and brightest. One of my favorite segments. Maybe it is my favorite segment. We have a cup of coffee and let's have a conversation get things going. So what are we going to talk about this week? You know, I went back and I looked at episode one and episode two, and I think I was doing so well. And then I looked at my brisk best and brightest, and I'm like, holy geez, talk about throwing cold water onto the, the, the group out there, cold water onto our 2020 graduates coming out into this world. Wow, I watched it, and even I was frightened. Um, and maybe I was a little bit too much doom and gloom. But I got to tell you, COVID-19, it's pretty scary. And 30 million people unemployed is pretty scary. So I might have gone a little bit too hard on that. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm here to help you be successful. I'm here to help you to have a successful career. I'm here to help you be successful in business. And I'm here to help you find mentors. And if I can't be real, then what's the point of even having the program? So, you know what? I looked at those programs and I said, this is going to be a good time. And I kind of alluded to it at the end of episode two, uh, those of you that tuned in. And I talked about gap moments. In fact, I got a few emails saying, what is this gap moment thing all about? And there are uh, people that know me well and wrote me and said, I'm so glad you're going to cover gap moments. And uh, some people suggested that maybe this would be a good week to do it, given the kind of the the challenges we were talking about in the last two programs. So we're going to go straight into gap moments, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, the, the episode one and episode two, we were hitting hard work and grit and determination and discipline and positive mindset, and we were really trying to get you fired up for what we know is going to be a difficult time. And then, you know, I was using quotes like, spare the rod, spoil the child. Oh, my God, can you imagine in this world even using those words? And then we spoke about the brisky work muscle, and boy, oh, boy, life was sounding pretty 
pretty hard. Um, and uh, you probably might have thought of uh, maybe this guy is starting to sound like my grandfather at this point or somebody who was around during the Depression. So listen, relax. I'm sorry to stress you out. It's a stressful time. You know, my coffee cup, you can read it right there. This moment is more precious than you think. That's what gap moments are all about and living in the gap is. So in spite of difficult times, in spite of struggles, in spite of working really, really hard, you know, that 24-7 that you're going to need to be successful in business, I got good news for you. You can still have an amazing life. You can find joy every single day if you'll look for it. That's every day and even your most stressful days. I know for certain that I've worked very, very hard, but I've always find time in my daily life for these rewards. And in my early career, I thought it was just about the work. Man, I was gonna outwork everyone and I discussed that. And I'll tell you a little story. Uh, it's a, I'm gonna call it the Lou real estate story. And those that know my early career know who I'm talking about. And this was a 36-year-old guy in the real estate business in Dallas, Texas, and he was absolutely killing it. In fact, he was worth over a half a billion dollars by the time he was 36. And I went to work for that company. And I was pretty proud to go to work. And in the real estate business, it was different than my life. These real estate agents, they were kind of killing it. They wouldn't show up to work till 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock. But I got in at 8 o'clock and I noticed there was a light on down the hallway, even though the hours didn't start till 9, 9.30. So I walked down there, kind of peered in, and Lou Real Estate was in there. So I said, mm, this is interesting. Here's the guy who runs the op outfit. I'm going to get in here earlier than him. So I figured I'd find out when that was. So I showed up the next day at 7 o'clock in the morning, and the light wasn't on. I put my light on, and I went to work. Interestingly enough, when that gentleman showed up, and he had no idea who I was, I was a new kid on the block, he walked straight down the hall to see what light was illuminating in what particular office, and he found me there. And when he found me there, he introduced himself. And I was like, wow, this worked out pretty good. Well, the next day I showed up at 7 o'clock, and his light was on. Like, oh, competitive guy, isn't he? And I kept, this went back and forth in 15-minute intervals until it got to be about 5 o'clock in the morning. And he came down the hallway and said to me, are you going to end up sleeping here? And I said, yes, I'm really competitive. And he says, you know, you're finally think you're, you're, you finally think you wore me out, don't you? You finally beat me, don't you think? And I thought, did you give up? And he said, no, because I know it's important to me. My gym only opens at a certain hour, and I wasn't willing to give up my health to get here first. I wasn't willing to give up my family time to get here first. He said, you'd have to make sure that you're always looking out for yourself along the way and finding those things in life that bring you joy, and don't let your work steal that from you. What a huge lesson. And this lesson brings me to what I call gap moments. And gap moments for me happen every single day of my life. In fact, I'm willing to bet that I have more pictures of sunsets on my phone than anyone listening. I have more pictures of sunrise on my phone than anyone listening.
and anyone my age, I promise, I have more enjoyable conversations in the morning with my wife over coffee because that is something I never give up. Those are all gap moments to me. These are moments you can weave into a very stressful time, into every single day. You make gap moments a priority in your life and you will always find a time to smile. You'll always have time for a full heart in spite of the insanity that's going on around you, in spite of the fact that you're willing to work 24-7. This is what gap moments are and you need to find them in your life. Let me give you some other examples of gap moments that happened for me. Uh, I happened to live up in a mountain road and I was driving to meet my wife for dinner. Very important. And we were going to go out. She says, I'll meet you there because you're getting home late. And as I was driving down the road and I was running late for this dinner, the most amazing sunset was taking place. And there was a place to turn off. And I turned off, found a rock, sat on it, and for seven minutes, I watched the sunset. That day was one of the worst days that I had in a long time. And that seven minutes grounded me. It brought me back. It gave me appreciation. I knew God was present in that sunset. And by the time I got to my wife, the conversation I had with her, I promise you, was a whole lot better than having scrambled by that sunset and not taking those seven minutes of time to appreciate a gap moment. Gap moments are all around you. Running late to a meeting, you pass by so much of this thing called life. I like to look at things like flowers. Flowers will bring joy. There's a reason why on birthdays and special occasions the florists are so busy. How many flowers are you walking by? How many beautiful gardens are you just missing? Are you missing the steps of your children? Are your, is the smile that they have on their face not putting a smile on yours? These are all gap moments. They can be a minute. They can be 30 seconds. They could be 10 minutes. And you can weave them into your every day. So in this time of graduating 2020 and that you're going to have to work three times harder than you ever thought and you're coming out with 30 million people unemployed and you're going to triple your effort and you're going to go crazy with your resumes and putting them out and you're going to be mentoring at three or four times the speed. Remember this conversation. Remember that you can find joy among the stress. Remember that on a tough day, there's a sunset waiting for you or a sunrise the next morning or just stop and take a look at a mountain pass or the majestic peak of a mountain if you live near one or just don't go by that botanical garden. Maybe pull in and take a look and breathe it in and breathe it in deeply and realize that every day can be a great day if you'll pay attention to what's going on around you. Gap moments. If I write a book, it'll be entitled Gap Moments. It has done so much for my life. Appreciation, appreciation of beauty, appreciation of what is all around us, appreciation of the people in our lives. They're there, they're around you every day. And it's time for you to notice those gap moments and appreciate them. This is Brisky Business, and I will see you next week and have a gap moment every day.
Cheers. <laughs>